One of the first things I want to do is I need three volunteers. Three volunteers. There's one right there, one in the back, and one right there. I got two of my junior hires. Stay there. Stay there. Um, ben, uh, put your finger in Matthew chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Jasmine, I want you to put your finger in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44. And Zach, 1 Corinthians 13.3. We're doing this a little junior high style. <coughs> They're going to be reading some verses for us. Uh, so this morning we are in week three of our Advent Conspiracy Series. Uh, we have been through two weeks already. Worship fully. Spend less. This week we're on Give More. And next week we're going to wrap up our series with Love all. And though these are four different topics, in a sense they are one topic because they're really driving home one main point and one main idea. And we're going to dive into that a little bit today. Uh, but first I want you to, to whip out your, your notes that are in your bulletin. And uh, hopefully you notice that uh, I am sticking with the theme this morning of give more by giving you more space. Uh, there is plenty of room in your notes to doodle, to uh, write down whatever you want, to write notes to your neighbor, whatever it is. Uh, but what I want you to do with this space is to really interact this morning. Um, what I really want you to do is, is take what's there, take that space, and write down what hits home for you. Uh, maybe draw an idea that is running through your head as we're going or write some ideas down that you have because we're going to be talking about giving more and there's uh, a lot of different ways to give and I'm going to be encouraging you to, to give in new and creative ways and I want to give you room to write down the things that really hit home for you, that really stick for you. Um, so as we go, there's going to be a lot of stuff on the PowerPoints. You can write it all down if you're uh, an avid note taker. Uh, if you are not an avid note taker, I encourage you to write at least something down. Uh, fill in a word that really stands out to you. That way, when you go home, you've got this one piece of paper and you've got that one word staring right at you and going, oh yeah, this is the one word that really connected with me that Sunday or three days ago. What have I done with it? Nothing. Uh-oh, I better get going. So I really want you to interact with this uh, this morning. So to talk about giving more, uh, I feel like I do have to go back a little bit um, and revisit some of what Dave talked about last week in spending less. This is an ad I pulled off on the website. Uh, Scott, if you're in the room, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> this is from Sears, and that's where he works. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think I'm going to step on a lot of toes today. So uh, if, if you work for one of these companies or if you just, if you just work, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just put that out there right now. Um, Sears has this thing going where they're trying to trick you into this idea that by shopping there, you're spending less. Because they have these Black Friday door busters uh, every Saturday. And maybe you've seen some of the ads on TV or whatever, um, but they're, they're trying to, to, to trick you into 
the fact that, man, if I go there, I'm spending less. And I, Dave just talked about spending less, so I'm going to Sears so I can spend less. But there's something up in this corner, and I know it's kind of cut off a little bit, um, but this is what it says. It says, more values, more Christmas. And let me tell you, they're not talking about, uh, you know, closing your mouth when you're chewing and, you know, valuing honesty and integrity. They're not talking about those kind of values, okay? They're, they're talking about a different kind of values. And in fact, what they're really trying to communicate is more values means you're going to buy more stuff, means you get more Christmas. So really, even though they're saying spend less, what they're really tricking you into is spending more. They're giving you the exact opposite of what you were trying to get, spending more. It's ridiculous. Uh, research is done year after year after year to find out how to get you to spend more. I did some research on uh, malls and all the advertising that they put in and just the, the, the money that they spend. And one interesting one I read is that they figured out that as stock goes down, spending increases. So if there's less on the shelves, people get more antsy. You're like, uh-oh, there's only one left. i got to buy it. So they intentionally kept stock a lot lower to increase their sales. Just interesting things that they do to try to get you to spend more. <clears throat> this was uh, Dave's title from last week, Stop Building Barns. And the, the basic idea of that is stop storing up all this stuff, hanging on to it. I'm a mathematical guy, so I made a chart. Uh, so if you don't like charts, bear with me. But I like charts. So here's a little chart. Uh, on the top it says, my money, my time. So you can use this as a representation of your money or as a representation of your time. And don't try to, like, weasel your way around it and go, oh, well, I have, you know, this and that. It's, it's an illustration you know, yes, we all have to spend money on necessities. Yes, we all have to spend time brushing our teeth, I hope. Um, but this is like your leftovers, okay? Um, and, yeah, let's just go with that, okay? The green is spent on me, and the yellow is stuff that's given away. The more you spend, the less you have to give. The more you spend on you, the less you have to give away. So notice that as the green decreases, as you spend less, you are able to give more. So grabbing on to what Dave talked about last week is so vital to this week. Because you can't have one without the other. You cannot be able to give more if you're continuing to spend and spend and spend on you. Now, I didn't make the whole pie yellow because I believe it is okay to spend on you, but the question is, 
how much, and where, and when, and why. So today we're talking about giving more. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this image. This image brings with it kind of a bad connotation. If you see somebody with their pockets out and open, you go, oh, poor them. I feel bad for them because they have nothing. And, and yet at the same time, I, well, let me go with this. Giving carries that same connotation sometimes. People just, ooh, giving, mm, no thanks. As, as we went and passed out uh, our bags when we did it a couple weeks ago, you know, a lot of people were very excited. Oh, okay, yeah, I'd be glad to fill up, you know, this bag with canned food. This is a great thing you're doing. Uh, but some people came up with excuses not to, to fill up a bag with, with some canned food out of their pantry. Oh, I, I already gave somewhere else. Or, you know, my giving is, um, yeah, we, we just don't do giving anymore. Or, you know, it's been a really hard year or whatever. But they were ready with their excuses because this idea of giving just ties their stomach in knots. But what I hope this morning is for you is a shift in the way of thinking. A shift in the way of thinking that, that giving is actually something wonderful. Just like having empty pockets is something wonderful. I love coming home and emptying out my pockets. I know it sounds so simple, but like, I love just not having this stuff on me that I don't have to carry. You know, sometimes I get why girls carry on their purses, you know, because they can just put everything right down over there and just be done with it. You know? <laughs> But it, it's, it's freeing in a sense. And I want to take this, this negative connotation of giving and shift it into this, this positive way of thinking. That giving is actually a wonderful, wonderful thing. So let's dive into some of this. You do have two words on your notes. One is why. And on the next page... The word is how. So we're going to talk about why we give, and we're going to talk about how we give. Pretty simple, right? As I was preparing for this and talking to Dave, the, the, the number one word that came out as I kept talking to him is simple. I go, Dave, this is such like, this is such a simple concept. I just had a hard time putting this together because I'm like, it, there's just a lot of simplicity around this idea of giving more. But you'll see as we go that there's uh, a lot of nuances to it as well um, and a lot of really interesting little things. So before we dive into the why and how, let me, let me just pray for us once more. God, I'm just, just so thankful for your example of giving. God, just let us have open minds and open hearts to hear something that just goes so contrary to how we've grown up. So much against our culture, so much against our way of thinking. Help us to think in a new way today. In Jesus' name, amen. First is why. Why do people give? Before I dive into 
why we should give. I wanted to talk a little bit about why some people already give. Some people give out of obligation. Court-ordered, parent-ordered, God-ordered. No one likes to be on the receiving end of an obligated gift. I was uh, in third grade, I think, and we had these these pen pals that, that we were writing to back and forth. They were trying to encourage us, you know, to write, encourage us to build relationships or whatever. And it was like with another school, like in, in Cupertino. I, I went to elementary school in Cupertino. Um, so it wasn't that far away. And so this one day we, we got together and, and met at this park. And, you know, so we brought bag lunches and, and had, um, you know, had time to like meet up with our pen pal. And so I met my pen pal, and uh, she walks up to me, and maybe it was because she was a girl or maybe just because uh, she's intelligent or whatever. She walks up and hands me uh, a little pack of baseball cards as a gift. And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. And I remembered having written to her at one point, like telling her that I like baseball cards or whatever. Um, and, you know, as I'm taking this, I'm like, uh-oh, I didn't get her a thing. So here I am, rustling around in my lunch bag, like, you want my chips? <laughs> the rest of my sandwich? Uh, here, let me pick a flower. This is for you. Oh, I felt so bad, but I could just imagine like her, like, no thanks, I, I really don't want anything. Because when you give out of obligation, it's just like, there's, there's nothing to it, and it's, it's forced, and it feels awkward, and you want to get by with, like, the worst thing that you possibly can and still make it out as something okay. Um, nobody likes receiving when someone's giving out of obligation. There's another reason. The good feeling. Oh, I like to give because it, it makes me feel so good. It makes me feel wonderful. But really, how I, how I see this good feeling sometimes is it's a self-justification Ah, yes, I, I feel good. I, I, I've given. Now, now I can justify having that, that HDTV that I have in my bathroom, you know? It, it, it all works out. It makes sense. Because I've, I've given. I feel good now. Some people give because it's, it's a hint. Hey, this is for you. I've got an open hand. It's empty. <laughs> um, and this, unfortunately, <laughs> is cyclical, cyclical with the whole obligation thing. Right? <laughs> here, here you're giving somebody a hint like, hey, I, I just gave you something. But now they feel obligated and they're going to give you something that is not going to be really good. And it, it, it just turns into this whole mess. Here's another reason people give. People give for a reward. A tax break, a ticket to Disneyland. Maybe you've seen those ads going around. Hey, if you put in a day of service, you get a free ticket to Disneyland. I mean, I'm sure, you know, sure that's great what they're doing. And here I'm stepping on some more toes. But at the same time, like, it's, it's almost like they're treating adults like children. 
You know, I remember being, uh, again, in third grade, and um, I, I had a real hard time with, with talking in class. I got in trouble a lot talking in class. And so I had to have a note sent home from my teacher every day that I brought to my parents talking about my behavior in class. This is how bad it was. In fact, at one point, my teacher had moved me away from every single one of the kids in my own corner, and I sat there and talked to myself <laughs> out loud. <laughs> this was bad. <laughs> um, but here I am, you know, bringing home this note every day, and I remember up on the fridge, Mom, there was, uh, there was a little chart, you know, and I'd get a little check every time I got a good note sent home, and once I got my certain number of checks, I got a little prize. You know, this was um, to encourage me to do the right thing, and this is uh, a method that, that parents use, and it works very, very well. And here, Disneyland and the government is doing the same thing to grown people, to adults. They're saying, okay, if you give, we'll give you a prize. You can go to Disneyland. You can have a tax break. And, I don't know, just stir something in me a little bit. Lastly is convenience. A lot of people give because it's convenient for them. FreeCycle is this website. Uh, it's this community website, kind of like Craigslist, but everything is, is free in exchange for free. Well, Laura and I were recently blessed with a new vacuum, so we had this old vacuum. And the reason we, we uh, got the new vacuum is because our old vacuum would, would suck things up and then spit it back out. <laughs> Not very effective. So uh, we took this vacuum and... And Laura's like, Ben, what do we do with it? I go, well, I could put it on free cycle. And so I put it on free cycle. And sure enough, the next day, someone was like, hey, do you still have that vacuum? Can I have it? I'm like, uh, this is what it does. It sucks stuff up and then spits it back somewhere else. And they're like, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm like, great, it's yours. You can have it. And I was very, very glad to give. Why? Because it was out of my house. I didn't have to walk by it anymore. A lot of people give because of convenience. This is what white elephant parties are all about. And some of you have some coming up. Some of you have had some already. It's, man, what do I want out of my house? Okay, I'm going to wrap that up and give it to somebody else. And these are reasons that people give. Let's talk about why we should give, though. Not that those are all horrible reasons, but... As I thought about each one of them, they just left this kind of sour taste in my mouth. But the first reason kind of does couple with this whole idea of obligation. And, and God does want us to. Here are some verses, um, and they'll be up there for a little while if you want to jot them all down or just jot a couple down. Here are some verses that talk about giving that talk about why God wants us to give, that talk about how to give, that talk about what happens when you do give. But God wants us to give. It's talked about over and over and over in Scripture. And that's one reason we should give. Here's another reason. Jesus said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. 
With this giving comes blessing. If you've got a Bible with you, I want you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to hang out there this morning. Now, if you have your finger in your Bible, you've you got to do double duty or like stick something in there. Just hang on to your verses. They're, they're coming soon. But 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm starting in verse 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. If you notice in this passage, Paul's talking a couple of times about the blessing that comes when you give. God gives a blessing to those that give to others. The blessing, though, never comes in the way we expect, does it? I went on the homeless outreach with Dave a few weeks ago and a couple others of you. Had a great time. I met this guy named Reynard, a homeless guy. And I ended up spending the next two hours with him as he walked us around. We were up there to to pass out clothes to homeless people. And he said, oh, come with me. I'll show you where they are. And so we walked around with Reynard as uh, as he showed us different areas of San Francisco and pointed out different streets and different spots. He pointed out the street where he preaches to the homeless people on a week-by-week basis. He pointed out this man, and um, we, we stopped and, and gave him some clothes and prayed for him. And as we walked away, Reynard told me his story and how he was able to, to get a wheelchair for this guy who had been dragging himself around. And, and Reynard continued to tell story after story of how God was using him on the streets to reach out to other people. Now, I showed up to this homeless outreach, to give. To give my time, to give away clothes to people that needed it. And I walked away with this enormous blessing of seeing God work through this man, Reynard. I wasn't expecting that kind of blessing. We even connected from one father to another father, and we were just able to talk about our kids and encourage each other and pray for each other It was something that I never, never expected. But it is more blessed to give than receive. These are the words of Jesus. Sometimes, though, we have to wait a long time to be able to see the blessing. 
This poem I have up here, I know it's a little blurry. It's over 100 years old, but the truth of it rings loud and clear. Let me read it to you. Ben Adam had a golden coin one day, which he put out at interest with a Jew. Year after year, awaiting him, it lay until the doubled coin two pieces grew. And these two, four, so on, till people said, how rich Ben Adam is, and bowed the servile head. But Salem had a golden coin that day, which to a stranger asking alms he gave, who went rejoicing on his unknown way. Then Salem died, too poor to own a grave. But when his soul reached heaven, angels with pride showed him the wealth to which his coin had multiplied. I just love that. God knows when we give and is ready to bless us, but we may never get to see it on this earth. You don't know the impact that your giving could have on someone else. All God asks is for you to be faithful and do it. Giving brings blessing. Here's another thing. Giving, it makes us free. And this is one of the things that I just loved about the whole Advent conspiracy idea. Is this idea of freedom when you're not stressed with what's going on the whole Christmas season and everything around it. It it brings freedom. Giving brings freedom. No possessiveness, no greed, no jealousy. The song that Dave Dave sang, The Rebel Jesus, said we guard our, our things with locks and guns. You know, here we're trying to hang on to all these different things. But when we have an attitude of giving, we're not tied down to these things. We don't worry about them. Again, here's this idea of a mind shift. Our possessions are not our own. I'm going to pick on Clink because I love him to death. Clink just has this idea in spades. If you've ever seen his Taylor guitar, it is a beautiful guitar. Beautiful. Especially if you like guitars. If you don't like guitars, I might go, oh, well, that's a guitar. But if you know guitars, it's a beautiful guitar. But his attitude about it, I, I asked him one time, hey, can I borrow your guitar? He goes, hey, it's not mine. Yeah, it is. That's your guitar. No, it's not mine. This is God's guitar. Feel free to use it. Go for it. He just has no worries about it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. He just has freedom in that. He's not sitting around worrying, is my guitar okay? Where's my guitar? Did somebody touch my guitar? Do they eat popcorn before they touch my guitar? What's going on with my guitar? He's just free about it, and I love that. No stress. No time crunch. Who, who do I get what for Christmas? Gone. D- did I get everyone on my list? Gone. How am I going to get all my shopping done? Gone. 
when you take this attitude of spending less and giving more, now all of a sudden you have time to talk, eat, sled, bake, bike, read, play, create, craft with others. Because you're not so stressed and so worried about filling all these obligations, all these gifts-giving obligations. No worries. Giving sets us free from worry. In Matthew 6 and, and in Luke 12, Jesus talks about, do not worry about your life. He talks about how God takes care of sparrows. God takes care of the lilies of the field. Don't you think he's going to take care of you? Now, yes, we're, we're all human and we, we all err because we do worry. I worry. I'm sure you worry as well. When we look at our bank accounts, I'm sure some of us worry a lot. But we have to realize that we have a big God. He's not going to ask us to give without having a plan to meet our every need. He knows your every need, and he is going to fulfill every single one of those needs. Now, I do have one more why to give, but but we're going to hit that at the end. So we're going to jump to how. How do we give? This is not an exclusive list. This is not an all-inclusive list. These are just some things that I noticed as I went through Scripture, some thoughts that I had about how we should give in a new way, in a different way. How I'm trying to give differently and how I encourage you as well to give differently. First of all, hopefully you're still in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Take a look at verse 7 again. Each man should give which he is decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is your memory verse this week, uh, if you're going through those. Give from the heart. Give from the heart. And it also says, give cheerfully. Give doing the things that you love. These are the gifts that God has given you. Dave pointed out that uh, when we went up, his son Curran just had a wonderful time. Curran's a talker. I don't know if you know Curran, but he likes to talk to people. And so he just had a wonderful time just going around and talking to all these different homeless people. Why? Because it's something he loved. That was just one of the perfect spots for him to give. Kristen Stonehouse is the same way. She just loves decorating, and so she was more than happy to take this up. She loves hosting. And, by the way, middle schoolers, shameless plug, uh, our (coughs) White Elfland party is going to be at her house (coughs) because she loves it. She loves giving, and she loves giving in this way because it's, it's just stuff that she's passionate about. She's excited about. Maybe you love baking. Fantastic. Bake for some people. Maybe you love writing. Write somebody a letter. Write a song. 
People can tell your heart as you give. This is one thing that I'm working on a lot. Because uh, Laura will sometimes pick out the gifts that we give to somebody else. You know, and we show up and give it, and I have no clue what is inside that present. <laughs> Not a single clue. Here. Ooh, I wonder what it is. So do I. <laughs> I have no idea what is in that. And there's no heart behind it. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm glad to be able to give whatever it is to whoever it is, but I, I want to be able to pick something out. You know, I want to be able to, to have heart behind my giving. Be excited about what I'm giving, why I'm giving. So give cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. People can tell your heart as you give. Here. They can sense that. They can see it in your face, in your attitude, even in what the gift is. So give cheerfully. How else? Give without expectations. Ben, can you stand up and read uh, Matthew 2, 10 and 11? Thanks. When they saw the star, they were over, overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense of myrrh. Thank you. The wise men came and gave without expectations. They weren't hovering over Mary after they... Here, here's some myrrh. What do you got for us? We, we traveled a long way, you know. They came with no expectations. They weren't waiting for anything. Again, this is another mind shift. <clears throat> it's changed the way we think. Because raised in America, we have this idea of looking forward to what we're going to get. What if there was nothing under the tree this year? What if instead Christmas Day was spent together as a family, sharing time with each other or, or serving together at a homeless shelter? What if the day was entirely reserved for worship? I, I tell you, as I continue to, to pray over my son and, and think about how I'm going to raise him and um, his future siblings. No, I'm not announcing anything. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I continue to think about what I want my son to expect at Christmas. What I want my son to look forward to. What kind of traditions I want him to grow up with. Do we need to come Christmas morning with expectations? I don't know. The wise men came and just gave. Would it be so horrible if there was nothing under the tree? I know, I'm stepping on toes. But this is a, a shift of thinking. Now's the time for some new traditions.
in thinking about giving. How else can we give? Where's my picture? There it is. There we go. Oh, that's why I did that. Okay, we'll go back. (laughs) I'm remembering. (laughs) Um, I put it like this. That does say give. Okay. I, I had the thought of give generously as I was putting some ideas together a couple of weeks ago as I was preparing for this, I just wrote down things. And one of the things I wrote down was give generously. Because i always grown up to, to know and understand that that's a good thing. Don't just, don't just give, but, but give generously. But as I continued to think about this, I, I said, I, I don't think that's enough. And in fact, I think we need to give sacrificially. In fact, I was uh, just talking about this with Laura, and she mentioned that this idea of generous could mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. What is generous? But the idea of sacrificially is is pretty cut and dry. You give until it hurts. Jasmine, could you stand up and read Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44? Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd put in their money into the temple, temple treasury. Many rich people appeared in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, the poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out their wealth. But she gave up her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Thanks, Jasmine. This is a very common story, um, one I'm sure a lot of you have heard a number of times. But the truth of it is just so powerful, and it just rings within me. <clears throat> My path in giving and and how I've, I've given over my life has, has had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, there were times when I did not give because I felt like, gosh, if I give, I'm not going to be able to, to pay all my bills. Or, or if I give, I'm not going to be able to, to buy that, that new guitar pedal that I've wanted for, for oh so long. You know, or if I give, I'm not going to be able to do this. And remember the chart, you know, like the, the, as the green goes up, the, the yellow goes down. You know, and so as, as we give more, we, we don't have room to spend as much on ourselves. And I was noticing this, and so I said, okay, I'm going to cut back on my giving. And... I did that for a while, and God finally got a hold of me and said, Ben, knock it off, and brought to me some of these verses that I'm sharing with you today. And I woke up and realized I need to give, regardless of my situation. And this story was was one of the things that, that really hit home to me and helped me understand that I need to give regardless of my situation. I need to give sacrificially. And so I said, I'm going to give. 
that's going to come first. It's not going to be the scrapings off at, at the end. Once I've done taking care of everything else, my giving is going to come first. And there were a couple of months where I was sweating because as I gave, I knew that was my rent money going out. Or that was my cell phone bill. Or that was the, the gas bill or whatever it was. But I said, I need to do this. And God stepped in and said, you're being faithful. I'm going to take care of you. And every single time, I don't know how it happened, but ends were met. The rent was taken care of somehow. One time, Laura and I got a check in the mail. One time, Laura and I got a... I, I just can't explain it. And I, and I don't want to talk about it too much. Um, but I want you to catch this idea that, that giving needs to come first. And God will take care of you. I mean, we talked about this. No worries. God knows your every need. But the giving has to come first. It's not the end. It's the, it's the first fruits of what God, that's what God is looking for. Give till it hurts. Give sacrificially. Here's another way to give. Give relationally. And I love this. Give presence. Catch that? Huh? Pretty sharp. Sounds like another word we know. <laughs> give presence. Uh, Zach, you have 1 Corinthians 13.3? All right. Let's hear it. Nice and loud. I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love. I gave my If I give everything to the poor, but don't have love, I am nothing. Give relationally. A day at the park. Time reading a book. These are the gifts that last. can't remember all the presents I've received. But I can remember coming home after church every Sunday and, and taking a walk with my dad to go get the Sunday paper. And then we'd come home and he'd sit down and, and read the comics to us. Sure, we all knew how to read, but it was just about sitting and being together. I remember my parents coming with me down to Mexico, spending time with me there. I remember them laboring over my, my drama productions in high school. These were lifelong investments. Give relationally. Give presence. Let me ask you this. Who do you need to give some presence to this year? And let me make it nice and clear for uh, if anyone ends up listening to this later. It's P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, -E, not P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. Who do you need to give some presence this year? Lastly, give creatively. On the back of your notes is uh, this green sheet, Gift Ideas for Relational Giving. And it also points you to this website, www.rethinkingchristmas.com. 
And this is something that was uh, put out by Advent Conspiracy. And it's this community forum where people can come and share their ideas of creative ways to give. There are ways to give even when you don't have a lot. I've had to learn how to do this as I've grown. I've never been financially comfortable. But I've learned to give in creative ways. And on this list are just some some awesome ideas of different ways to give creatively, to give presence. It's time to think outside the box a little bit. A couple last thoughts. First of all, this is uh, taken from a 2008 Advent conspiracy promo video. Consumerism does not equal happiness, does not equal memories, does not equal meaning. One of the best Christmas presents I ever received was a hammer. It's probably a $12 hammer. But it was what was behind it that really made that present. That was the year before, that was the Christmas before I was headed down to Mexico for the first time with my dad. And we were going down there to build some houses. And so my dad bought me a hammer. It was his gift of saying, I'm going with you. I'm on this journey with you. I'm excited to go and give with you. And it said so much more than, here's a hammer. This idea of presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, I mean, yes, it's, it's, it's a good idea and it's wonderful. But I, I pray that this Christmas season we really think through more about this idea with worship. The wise men came with the agenda of worshiping. The shepherds ran to come and worship Not to exchange, not to give and get. It began with worship, and in fact, it begins with worship today. I told you I was going to give one more why. One more why do we give? Well, Jesus gave everything, He gave everything for you. And he gave everything for me. He made nothing of himself. Absolutely nothing of himself. And came and gave it all. So we give for Jesus. We give because of Jesus. And this whole idea of Advent conspiracy centers on the idea of worship. Taking the Christmas season, which has become so commercialized, which has become so consumer-focused, and saying we are done with that. That is not what Christmas is about at all. Christmas is all about worship. 
began with worship. It begins with worship. It's all about having the right perspective. I love this famous quote from Jim Elliot. He's one of five missionaries that were murdered by the people he was reaching out to. And before he was killed in one of his journal entries, and I actually got to see a picture of the journal entry, see it in his handwriting, he said this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. We can collect all this stuff, but ultimately we don't get to take it with us. It's, it's not ours. Anyways, our, our whole presence here is all about worshiping God. And that's my encouragement to each and every one of you. This Christmas season is to focus on that idea. I love, Michael, that today you read John 3.16. Because it rings so true. God loved the world so much that he gave. How dare we not take that and turn around and give to others as well? This Christmas, focus on the idea of worship. And in that worship, think about how you can give more. God, I'm just awed at your presence. Awed at the gift that you gave us. And humbled by the fact that it is something that I do not deserve. Could never, ever repay. And God, you simply ask for us to to turn around and, 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 and give to others. Help us to give sacrificially, to give without expectations, to give generously. God, to, to give of ourselves. But more than anything, God, help us to give with a heart of worship. Help us to give simply for the reason that we love you. Thank you so much, God, for your indescribable gift. In Jesus' name, amen.